We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the true faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle were beaten by two goals to nil at home to Liverpool last night. All good things come to an end. The home record, the unbeaten record have both gone uh, in a quite ridiculous game of football against Liverpool at St. James's Park last night. I'm Alex. I've got Charlotte, Ben and Kyle with me to talk through this one. What happens, why and then what happens next as we build up to the League Cup final next weekend at Wembley. Not everyone can be in a final but we are against Manchester United and I cannot wait. Just a reminder to everybody, come and join us on Patreon this week. We are doing two shows a day to build up to this one. It is going to be a feast of audio as we build up to Newcastle's first, well, just any final. It's a domestic final. It's any final since 1999. Come and join us between five and eight pounds a month for that extra content. We'd love to have you along. Build up to the cup final with us. It's going to be good. I can't wait. Back to last night's shit show, though. Charlotte, I'll start with you, my friend. Um, not the best, was it? How do you feel? How are you feeling this morning? Not the best. That's the that's a lovely way of um, opening it. Yeah, no, it wasn't the best. It was close to the worst for the first sort of 25 minutes there. Uh, how do I feel? I feel like the morning sun has brought me a bit more perspective. Um, I don't think that... I'm absolutely good for Nick Pope. Like it was a bit daft and he does go out of his box too often and all of that stuff. But, um, you know, I'm good for him. He's helped us get to this final and he's made a daft mistake and the red cards, the right decision. It's very clear, but like, yeah, that's really sad. And otherwise I feel, I think there's positives to take from a very negative result and, um, things that have happened within the game. So how do I feel? It's a really good question. I'm more nervous about next weekend now. Um, I feel gutted for the lads. I feel like perhaps this has been coming. We've looked quite leggy. We've looked quite tired. But I'm not thinking everything's in the bin now. I'm, I'm uh, in a similar uh, kind of mindset. I think um, I'd forgotten what defeat obviously felt like. It's uh, It's been an unbelievable run. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of a lot of things went against us last night. Um, I was disappointed that we weren't able to get a little bit of revenge for Anfield and kind of everything that went against with then and, and it just continued to go against with last night. Um, but as Shaw says, there were some positives there. Um, I thought our 10 men we were still in the game. I mean, it's a, we're, we're worlds apart from where we've been in 
previous games where we've kind of come up against these top sides and Liverpool being one where we've, we've had some hammerings off them over the last few years and at this minute in time we we look like a proper threat to them we're, we're a team that carries a threat and no matter how many people we've got on the pitch and no matter what positions they're playing and whatever we 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 were in that game um for the 90 minutes and that's a massive massive thing to be able to um to say that we can go against one of the the top sides in Europe over the last five six years and, and still be competitive carrying a threat carrying um opportunities to score like really good opportunities as well like we still could have scored two or three down at 10 men yeah uh, last night so that's a massive positive but um at the same time it was just like <laughs> for fuck's sake lads we're owe these something It'll come next season, don't worry. But <laughs> I think my feelings on it is 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 very much that. To be fair, Ben, to, elabor- to elaborate, it's just like team Newcastle teams of old would have got blown out off off that Liverpool team yesterday, and just to show the resilience to to try and stay in the game after a mental fifteen minutes of the game where Liverpool score two, and and obviously Nick Pope gets sent off to to stay in the game. With one less player, it, it I think it was just just a testament to the team and going into the final. Like I still have that confidence because we're going to have that resilience regardless. Even if it goes, even if we don't start well against Man United in the final in a tense game and stuff like that, we're still going to be okay. We're still going to get. We're, we're still going to have that that resilience and that fight to to keep to keep going. Really, so. It, it it always comes back to that banner really from Leicester all those years ago. Don't demand a team that wins. Demand a team that tries, and to ha- to be competitive and uh, stay in the game and have chances where we're like we, we should have scored yesterday, down to ten men against. I know they've had a bad season, but a Liverpool side that have been in the top two of the Premier League most seasons uh, for the past five six years, two Champions League finals on their belt, like. That this isn't a terrible team that we've got beat off yesterday, like, and it's the longest run that we've had in Premier League history unbeaten. So, good things come to an end, yes. But as I, I think, as I, as I put yesterday, like meltdown yesterday, trophy tro- trophy next Sunday. <laughs> I'll take that. I love that, Kyle. I also think you know that resilience piece, that staying in the game, is absolutely crucial here, as we're mining the game for positives. There are positives to be had, and I said this on Twitter, and somebody was like, "Context is missing. Um, we've we've not had a good run of games, and this is like we've been found out." And blah blah blah. Well, flip that. I I, I get, did give context. We were um, down to ten men. Liverpool scored their two goals against eleven men, and they didn't score another goal. Like there is a lot to be said for that. The resilience, the mental resilience to stay in that game from our side is another testament to how far we've come. I could see a side of, you know, two, three, four years ago, just totally breaking down in in the face of that, you know, conceding one or two more goals. We we, We kept pressing, we had more chances. You know, I'm sure we'll come on to the fact that we can't seem to finish that's a different issue and then another mental issue i i would suggest as well but the psychological resilience to stay in that game yesterday to 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 rally around each other and not concede any more goals and in fact create chances is a massive thing i think and it can't be underestimated 
I think because we went down to 10 men, I think you can kind of try and build more into that. I think, obviously, as you say, we're 2-0 down as 11. I think if we play 11 v 11 and still lose that game 2-0, I think there's probably more, like, I've got more concerns and kind of I've probably um, be asking more questions. I mean, I think the reality is, is obviously we made mistakes at 11 v 11, but we, we'd also had a, a probably a better chance than they'd created uh, with, with Miggy right to start the game. So it's I, I understand. I mean, I guess it's... <laughs> Kind of how how do you take your drink half full or, or half empty? Um, people will say a lot of negatives. I know I was chatting with one of my mates saying kind of we just can't score at the minute. Like we're we're missing loads of chances. And if you if you kind of want to go into that narrative, it's very easy to. There's plenty of, of points to make. But I think you as you say, kind of everyone's just got to have a little bit of perspective. Like say, what what good is that going to do? with kind of bemoaning the, the the lack of goals. I think you have you, as as a team. Obviously, they've got to kind of try and build on on the positives that. They, they, they pretty much try to manage to nullify one of the best attacking teams in in the league with with ten men, um, and kind of a makeshift midfield. And uh, I think there's there's definitely positive to take, but yeah, it there is some concerns there, isn't there? Yes, there are, and you all make really interesting points. Just really quickly, if you're listening to this and you think it's overly positive, that's fine. You know, some of the replies on social media last night were. Well, kind of everything's terrible. And, and if that's how you want to think of Newcastle ahead of their first cup final in years, it may be a valid argument. I don't share it. Newcastle Newcastle are a good side and they have every chance of beating Manchester United le- next week. I think Manchester United are better than a lot of people, sorry, are worse than a lot of people think they are. In terms of last night, promising things for me, the first 10, Newcastle are, are comfortably the better side. They, they, they create three openings, which could result in a goal. Um, and then they have a mad 15 minutes where everything falls apart. Uh, the 15 minutes after that, the 15, 20 minutes after that, I still I think they're, they're excellent. Uh, rarely have I seen a team go down to 10 and, and react as well as they did. Howe went two up front, which is a brave thing to do. Um, and, and put ASM through the middle at 10 men. Um, and, and tactically, I thought he got that spot on. Yeah. And then the 15 minutes after halftime, I thought Newcastle were the better side. Beyond that, the game kind of drifts away. Uh, basically, Newcastle declare he takes off Trippier, he takes off Joe Linton. And Liverpool should make it 3-0 probably. And that's fine if you want to be negative, if you want to get upset about a Newcastle team with uh, Jacob Murphy at right back and Matt Midgley playing centre midfield. <laughs> go ahead and do it. I'm not going to draw too much from from, from what happens in, in, in those scenarios. The, the the key thing for me where the game is won, won lost is big moments. Newcastle have a big moment on six minutes or something. When Miggy Almiron is put through, he takes a bad first touch and he actually gets a better shot away than I give him credit for. Mm-hmm. And to be fair to Liverpool's goalkeeper, who, by the way, was the best player on the pitch for Liverpool last night. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's one only Castle, and it should be one only Castle. And then ASM, who who I thought was superb, does an ASM thing and, and loses Alexander-Arnold. Uh, and, and, and the big thing for Liverpool two goals is that both players are under no pressure whatsoever when they, when they play those two, admittedly, superb balls. But they should be put under some sort of pressure, and that's the disappointing thing. Darwin Nunes cost, what, 85 million quid? Miguel Almiron, if, if we'd sold him for £10 million in the summer, I, th- I think people would have thought that was a, a decent yeah. deal. Not now, but that was the crack then. Um, and it's it's the quality in those two moments that Newcastle don't have, Liverpool do have, and Liverpool control the game. I, I firmly believe, having seen what I saw from Newcastle in the opening 10 minutes, if, if Miguel Almiron puts that away, uh, Newcastle are going to win that game quite comfortably. A lot of ifs there. And, and football is about big moments, and football is about quality in the penalty area, and Newcastle, at the minute, don't have it. And it is a concern moving forward. However... I thought I thought there was enough there from Newcastle last night to suggest that this isn't some sort of decline or into sin. On Newcastle, a worse team without Bruno Gomes, undoubtedly. They're not they're not as yeah. good. Newcastle are not as good a side without him. Um, that action from him 
uh, getting sent off and a game we'd already won and a cup tie we're already through has been incredibly costly. But when I hear people talk about Newcastle's recent um, form and how it's been poor, we're poor, we've been poor for a long time. We weren't poor against Fulham. We're absolutely bad, in my opinion, deservedly won the game. We weren't poor against Crystal Palace. We're comfortably the better side uh, and should have won the game but didn't. And then Newcastle haven't played well. Definitely the last two against West Ham and Bournemouth and, uh, and, and shot themselves in the foot last night with two bits of bad defending um, and not even the defending, I suppose, from the back four. I blame the fact that there's no pressure on either of those players when they play the ball. Against very good teams, you have to be better than that. But Newcastle didn't play badly last night and I thought the response at 10 men, a bit like the response against Norwich back in December 21, different time, different opposition, shows that there's... Um, there's a, lot, there's a lot to like about this side, both as a set of lads, both as a, a kind of a tactically flexible group, uh, and also, you know, no lack of quality. And in fair play to Liverpool, it's a massive result for them. But, but you know, the gaps that Newcastle continued to exploit in, in their back four suggest they might struggle this season to keep clean sheets. And, um, and I thought Newcastle were great for, for large parts of that game last night. Not to take away the, the complete... You know, against good teams particularly, you cannot have a nightmare 50 minutes like we did. And that, you know, shit happens. It's a shame. But in the context of the season, you don't, you're not going to look back at unbeaten runs. You're not going to look back at um, not losing at home. It's all about where you finish. It's all about what you win. Newcastle have a great finish, a, a great chance to finish in the top four. Uh, and they also have a fantastic chance to win a trophy. There's no negativity from me. I don't mind it. If, if, if someone else, if people are negative, if they're worried, that's absolutely fine. We go into this cup final next week in a fantastic position to win that match with world-class player to come back into the team. Um, and I can't wait. I th you know, all is not perfect, but all is pretty fucking good to me as a Newcastle United fan right now, and I'm proud of the team last night and the performance they put in. I think Liverpool probably will take more from it than they should in terms of their performance, in terms of their ability to to keep clean sheets. They're very reliant on someone who's admittedly a world-class goalkeeper, but they could have conceded four goals last night, Liverpool, in that first kind of 60 period. And I, don't, I don't think the same could be said for Newcastle. But that's football. We're going to leave it there for part one. Uh, part two on the way. And we have got lots and lots coming up on Patreon this week as we build up to the cup final. Come and join us on there. Uh, between three and eight pounds a month. Three pounds a month if you just want to get rid of these adverts from these free podcasts back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. 
Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. That's the positivity out of the way, lads. And Charlotte. <laughs> who wants to talk <laughs> who wants to talk about Nick Pope? Jesus fucking Christ. I'll I'll start. Like um mad. Just just a moment of madness. And I I feel so so sorry for him because he's been amazing this season. In games where like he's had nothing to do for most of the game and then he pulls out like a world class save out of nowhere keeping however many clean sheets this season and there's probably not one player that deserves to be in that final more than Nick Pope and that Newcastle team and it's just gutting for him like it really is but it's just it's just a moment of madness he's so far outside the box and I think he just misjudges the the flight of the ball and I think in just a moment of instinct he's just tried to grab it to stop Salah scoring a third which would have been a third in less than 10 minutes which would have been a total like <laughs> a total collapse and i think he's just instinctively tried to stop the ball but it's it, it it's just it's just madness really like uh, i'm just yeah i'm i'm good for him but the redemption of carius arc is is here <laughs> like next next week <laughs> the the ultimate comeback story the one to top joe linton's comeback story Carries comes out uh, comes out of the uh, into another final and has an absolute worldy. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I agree. It's instinct, isn't it? It's uh, it's reflex that he puts his hands on the ball. It's stupid to have come out that far. Um, he he does that. He we've seen him do that quite a bit this season. Um, but it is, it's just, it's total reflex. It's not like a, oh, I'll try and get away with this. You see it on his face the moment it happens. Like, I was watching the replays and the highlights, and I don't know if we can call that a highlight, but you see it on his face, he just knows, and he's gutted. He's gutted, and I'm gutted for him. I will never jump on the sort of um, social media bandwagon of like what an idiot, what like all these kind of expletives. He's ru- he's lost us the cup. No, he hasn't. We've got loads of quality on that on the pitch next Sunday. I wish he was there because he's been such an integral part of this campaign, as Kyle has just said. But um, he hasn't lost us the game. That is just that is just remarkable, remarkably little faith in the rest of the team, and. Um, and in in our ability to, we were still we we're still good yesterday. I, I I fancy us next week still, even without Nick Pope. We have a good back line. We Nick Pope barely needs to do much, but I am I am gutted for him. It I, was daft. We'll I, put it behind us. Is that? I I don't. I mean, you're saying it, it was daft from the come out. I, I I mean, it's one of these like things that I think has made us a better team. Is I would say that's one of his strengths is that he he normally comes and he's like. He, he's brilliant in those situations where he, he he cuts out a lot of dangerous situations and attacks. I mean, if you look at that that situation yesterday, that was an attacking free kick from Newcastle. Yeah. Trippier puts the ball in too high, easy catch for Allison, and then he goes and sees opportunity of <laughs> Shaw Longstaff against Mo Salah. Like, I mean, every if if you've got that kind of matchup, every every team's going to try and exploit that, and they just go quickly and. Because it's Longstaff and he hasn't got the leg, Salah's already passed uh, 
way past Longstaff when the ball um, kind of is coming down. It's kind of if you do if if Pope doesn't come for that, then he's going to be running through on goal anyway, and and nobody's going to catch him. Yeah. So I think it's kind of that. Uh, obviously, it's it's a <laughs> huge risk, huge reward kind of um, uh, sort of tactic, but we, it's worked up till now. That's the first mistake Pope's made doing that type of um, making that type of decision, and he, he rarely gets it wrong. He, he just completely lost the flight of the ball, unfortunately. Um, just misses it with his head and it kind of bounces weirdly and, and, and then he, he panics and he, he swipes at it as you say um, seeing Salah bearing down on you but ultimately <laughs> like that that's what world class players will do yeah you, you've faced with Mo Salah in a position where you're one on one he's basically through it, it, it's going to make you do daft things it, it, it was a bad bad misjudgment from him I'll, I'll say that and it, it was a mistake and it, we said at the time I just wish he, he'd have just had his hands nowhere near it and just let Salah go through and score I'd much rather and, and, have had him. And, and he would be the same. This yeah. is you can try and prescribe reason to what he yeah. did. There is no reason. It was just panic. The human brain yeah. under pressure does funny things. Yeah, it like, was just panic. Th- there is there is no kind of oh he should have done. Yeah, we we know he knows the fact that Eddie Howe post game said um, Pope was visibly upset in the dressing room. That's a shame. That's sad. You know yeah. he he deserves better. Such is football at the highest level. You know it's a tough one. You know like you said. I always think about what could other players do. Should Pope have been in that situation? Probably not. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be Longstaff v v Salah one on one in the halfway line. That seems to be an issue that yeah. that they could have could have done better. If there's two players, then if there's a faster player with them, could he pull Salah back on the hot? You know, all if buts and maybes. It, shit happens. What I'd like to do is is criticise the club a little bit. Um, we'll talk about Carrius in a second, but there the, there are bits of transfer business that have happened this season that are start, starting to look very costly. And won't know how costly until next week. But letting Martin Dubravka go to Manchester United seemed mad at the time. But but everyone assumed it would be a, a long-term thing. Permanent move. Yeah. Permanent move. That, that, that's bad. Man United got very little out of it. Biased performances for them. We've got fuck all out of it because one, he's back. He did, he did fine yesterday when he played. He did okay. But he can't play next week. Um... I don't understand that one. They get so much right transfer-wise, football-wise at the club. I don't know about that. Um, letting John Joe Shelby leave it, when you're when you're having to play twenty-year-old Ali Anderson in, in a game like that yesterday when it's harsh because he wasn't on for long, but the game passed him by a little bit. He didn't he didn't look up to it. It, it seems like a really strange one. He hasn't gone on loan to a Championship club this season. He could have 30, 30 Championship games or whatever under his belt by now. Not having to be subbed off after twenty-five minutes against Liverpool, having hardly had a kick. That seems a strange one. Letting John Joe go, um, get finan- it makes financial sense, but the team are worse because of it. Um, and not getting a replacement. Not in. getting a replacement in. So there are there are a few decisions there which <laughs> Nick Pope's decision making make makes the club's decision making look worse. Wouldn't be talking about it if if it wasn't so. But that you know, such, such, again, such as top level football, the, the the these kind of marginal decisions come back to haunt you. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say you you don't put yourself in those awkward positions like. There's not many clubs would lose their f- first team keeper and then be facing the consequences we have because of, yeah. as you say, like kind of a lack of <laughs> kind of thought, uh, sort of foresight of things. So it's just a, it, it literally like we've, we've been punished for some daft decisions, really. To be fair, to play devil's advocate, I know to like Dubravka did want to win the summer because they brought in Nick Pope, and I don't think he wanted the challenge of Nick Pope. Uh, so he's went away to Man United to sit on the bench, which. God knows why. Like, 
it's just one of the most bizarre moves of all time. But, but, but Kyle, I'll come back to you there. I don't think Man United give us their reserve goalkeeper. I don't think they give us anyone. Well, look I, at I what they yeah. did with Lingard. Jesse Lingard, yeah. yeah. They just so need why, to be more what, firm in that situation. What, Martin Dubravka is a good Premier League keeper. Mm-hmm. Nick Pope is miles better than him. But no one at the end of the last summer was thinking, fucking hell, I've got to upgrade the goalkeeper here. So even though it looks like Dubravka has not made a good impression at Manchester United, I would question the validity. And yeah, it makes no difference if he'd gone on into fucking Brighton mm-hmm. and he was still cup-tied. It doesn't matter. But the whole thing just seemed weird. It just seemed off. It's just the fact as well that, <clears throat> I mean, most situations that the team will say right we'll let you have him but you've got to make it like it's an yeah. option to buy <clears throat> so you've got to like buy him at the end of it whatever so the fact that he's they've been able to basically try him out see well, we, we recalled him i think we oh, recalled yeah. him we recalled him yeah. because because darlow was just permanently injured yeah. on, the, on the bench for hull yesterday yeah like i mean Dar- let's talk about carries because we could go on about this and, and we are getting into league cup final territory but we may as well briefly we'll touch it on it again at the end of the show one number one he's won a cup for Newcastle already not many goalkeepers can say that <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. Um, and he played really well in that game. And the 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 coaching team, Eddie Howe, they must rate him somewhat. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Kyle, I think it was one of your tweets I saw. He hasn't, he hasn't played a game <laughs> competitively since 2021. Um, it, it, like, how much of a concern is it? Or, or is, it, is it the kind of thing, like I think Charlotte alluded to earlier, we'd be all right. You, you know what? It, I, I was speaking to Ben about this on on the way in the car, and, and like, we're a very good defensive team. Like, we very rarely concede chances. Like, it's not as big as what people are saying, but I think it just comes down to them big moments again, Alex. When he's going to need to pull out a big save, and and like like I said before, it's the ultimate redemption arc. Like, he's got an amazing chance to like <laughs> right the wrongs of the of the um, thing that he's always remembered for, like the Champions League final where everything went wrong for Karius and he can come back and, and become basically a, a, like a cult hero at Newcastle by coming in, playing a friendly, winning a trophy, playing in the League Cup final, winning a trophy. If you want a trophy, you ring Karius because that's him man to, <laughs> to provide you a trophy. But like, I, I know he hasn't played, but like... <laughs> He's, it's a lesser of two evils, if you ask me, because Mark Gillespie, like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> lesser of two evils seems like such dramatic language. That, that you know, they're not evils. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it's... They're not, oh, they're not our first choices. No, it, well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. But, yeah, for me, it's, like, I, I, I don't see the, like, the concern, like, as much as a lot of people do, like I think, I think Carius will come in and he, he'll be all right. You know what I mean? Like he just needs to do the basics well, and I think he'll be like from what from little we have seen of him with the couple of saves that he has made in the in the the friendly final. Like he will be up for it and he will be ready. But you know, like it just adds a it just adds a little <laughs> bit into it. It gives we um it gives we plenty to talk about in the lead up to the final if there wasn't already. But I fully back them. The amount of comeback stories Newcastle United have had under Eddie Howe, this this could be the ultimate one. So let, I'm all for it. Carries to win a trophy and all is forgiven for his career at Liverpool. But yeah, well, let's go. <laughs> let's go. He wins. Sounds like you're trying to convince yourself here, Carl, live on air. To be, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> talk yourself into it. <laughs> ben, you're shaking your head. I mean, it, it's just obviously. I think it's less about him. I think it, you, the point 
you made at the beginning was we are a very good team that protect our keepers very well. And I think that's going to be the key. If we're having to rely on carries to pull out a number of saves and he's having to play a big part in that final, then we're not winning it, is, is the reality. This, this isn't going to be won by Karius, I think. Um, hopefully, I'm praying to God it's not <laughs> uh, It's not on him after that, that Champions League final that we saw or so. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's one of those. Obviously, it's it's got to be Karius over Gillespie. I think we all agree on that one. Um, but yeah, I'm just, just hoping he, he hasn't got too much to do. But I've, I've got full faith in, in our first team that they, they will be able to, to, to do the job and kind of protect him and, and kind of <laughs> hopefully give him an easy ride to a, to another trophy. Let's talk about some positives. I'm getting deflated. Talking about Loris Karius and Gold for Newcastle in the final. Um, Charlotte, you wanted to talk about ASM. Best game in ages for Newcastle yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, I may sneeze mid this point because that's why I'm radioing in today. I've had a, I'm not very well. Um, no, it's gone. Lucky us. Um, yeah, ASM was absolutely unbelievable yesterday when I talked about resilience in part one of the show. Um, he's a player who, you know, we've seen time and time again kind of lose his head, throws his toys out the pram, can be a little bit stroppy on the pitch. It's almost like going down to 10 men. Um, he, you could see something click in his brain and him go, right then, I'll carry this team. He moved positions and he did really well. Sometimes when he gets moved into that sort of um, more central position, he can he, he, he kind of get, can get crowded out and get lost. Um, luckily, uh, Liverpool's midfield is absolutely terrible and he was able to kind of break through. Anthony Gordon came on a bit later and... And he was good too. But I just thought ASM was unbelievable yesterday. Mentally, psychologically and physically really good. He got himself into a great position for another chance and he took it as well. Um, he does that. He, he didn't really have any support. Isak was there, but there were about nine um, Liverpool players crowding him out. So he couldn't get the ball over to him. So he got himself into a position to shoot and he, and he forced Alisson into, into a save. You know, I just thought he was excellent yesterday from start to finish not just not just after the going down to 10 men but in particular after that he was easily the man of the match and I think he was the man of the match on Sky as well yeah I mean it was it was the, the best and the worst of, of ASM wasn't it I thought I, I, I said yesterday my initial on, on the initial reaction podcast we did I think that as as you've said there because that was his best game he's put in for a while he he took kind of the mantle on and, and took that team on his back in terms of the the, the attacking um, opportunities we were able to create. And, and I thought it was it was brilliant to see him kind of in full flight again. And um, yeah, you talk about Isak there. I mean, he, he's been very vocal about kind of being excited to play with Isak. And I thought um, that the tactical kind of bravery, as you say, the decision from from how to, to stick him up with Isak was, was a brilliant decision from how. And it really worked because I thought they... They, they, that, that was why Newcastle were able to create the opportunities we did because they carried the threat against that Liverpool back four that are uh, low on confidence, uh, kind of a little bit all over the shop at times. And him and Isak had the pace to kind of worry them and his ability to kind of carry and, and do those slalom and like runs. Um, there was one point where, he, he, I think that's the point you were talking about there, Shaw, where he, he gets into a great position in the box and you're just thinking, just, just square it, uh, Isak here. Like, that they they had people back, but there was an opportunity there to, to slide Isak in, and it that's always been ASM's kind of he, he, what's lacking or what's missing from his game is that kind of knowing when to, to pick the pass. 
he, he doesn't pick it and it, it, it ends up making a, a pulling um making us make a, a great save and i think tips it on the bar but um yeah he, he was brilliant on on the ball obviously we've, we've already mentioned at fault for kind of leaving um trent for that first goal but it was great to see asm back in full flight i think we need that that player we need that kind of attacking confidence and, and somebody that can just get at defenders that that will terrify um teams going forward and I'm, I'm just hoping he can kind of build on that game and and, and continue to, to put in more performances of that because that is the asm everybody loves everybody wants to see i think he, i think it just comes down to he's a big game player his two best performances this season man city at home Liverpool at home and like the games where you expect him to put teams to the sword he hasn't been he hasn't been like his natural self but he he seemed to really put the team on his back yesterday and really it was just back to the old ASM and I think I think in all honesty his days as a winger at Newcastle United are done but I think it's like a just off the striker central player I think he could do wonders for Newcastle so if they were to change the system and I'm not saying that for a second if like if they go to change the system, they do so. But I think as a central player, I think that's I think that's where Maxi could really flourish because they played him through the middle in bits yesterday, and he had kind of had that free role uh, where he, where he alternated between whichever wing he wanted to play on, and I think he caused Liverpool a lot of problems. Like he ran at Robertson, and Robertson's probably been the best left back in the Premier League the past five years, and he made him look like an, a Sunday League defender. Like he just turned him inside and out and. And then obviously Allison makes a great save, but I think obviously Maxi this season's been a, a, a player for the big occasion and none bigger than next week against against Man United. So does he start next week? I'd probably well, say so. It's really interesting, isn't it? And, and you all raised some excellent points. I think that that link up between him, him and Isak was was evident. I thought Isak actually had a really really good game. Some you know there was a chance in the first minute almost he was nearly played through by Trippier. Um, He's constantly looking to, to have the ball to feet, running at the op- opponent's goal. And it, although it hasn't quite happened for him in recent weeks, apart from the, the Fulham goal late on, I've no issue with Isak starting the final next week. Appreciate that wasn't your question, Kyle, but I thought I'd just say that. But that ASM in the second half, there was a, a point when you had two players on him in the, in the corner. He fizzed across an unreal ball in Isak, who turned and, and the shot was just a bit off. Really hard to defence against, against, that, against that kind of thing if you're the opposition. In terms of next week, the fact that Willock hasn't been fit Hasn't been training, I don't think. Probably suggests he plays Joe Linton left, Longstaff right, Bruno in the middle, and ASM out wide. The good thing, of course, in these games for ASM, which which is different to other games, is Liverpool, for example, were happy leaving one on one against Alexander Arnold to great success for ASM when it was eleven v eleven, and even afterwards uh, when he was out wide. Manchester United might do the same. The problem is when he's got three players around him and no overlap and left back, he he, he can't affect games, and he hasn't affected games so. Really positive to have a player like that, like you say, Kyle, who excel excels against the better teams. But I think the argument on the other side would be you need him actually more against your Bournemouth, against your Leeds, and all that kind of team. Yeah. Um, but 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 a really positive performance, nonetheless, from ASM yesterday. Good to see him back. You know, people have often said he needs four or five games in the team to actually get back up to full fitness. And he looked fit again yesterday. He did some pressing, but I will say it again: Alexander Arnold for the first goal. ASM just switches off, loses him. He's, he's just got to put a little bit of pressure on him there. And he either can't play the ball or he plays a more simple pass. That's the frustration. It's almost like a trade-off, isn't it? You are going to have to give the opposition fullback a couple of free crosses into the box if ASM plays. Um, Fortunately, it's uh, not Trent Alexander every weekend. No. So. <laughs> 
Who plays right back for Man United? Van Bissaka at the minute. Rubbish. rubbish. <laughs> well, there we go. Get him in. Get him in the team. Uh, I don't think there's too much more to say about that defeat. Liverpool are now three, six points behind Newcastle with a game in hand. That's still a lot of points, a lot of football to play. Spurs play today. They have West Ham, which isn't an easy game. You know, I'm not too worried about it. I think Newcastle come back strong. You know, the next league game is Manchester City away. Nick Pope will be back for that. Tough game. I'm going. Looking forward to it. We'll worry about the Premier League in two <laughs> weeks' time, yeah. all right? It'll still be there. It'll still be happening without our participation next weekend. Fucking delighted not to have to play Premier League football next weekend. Quick shout out to Chrissy Wood, though, getting the equalised yesterday <laughs> against Man City. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, £50 million pound well spent by Nottingham Forest. <laughs> 19. 19 million pounds. <laughs> Let's talk about next week. Of course, we're going to cover the fuck out of it on Patreon this week. Come and join us on that. But how are we all feeling? Charlotte, I'll start with you. Does yesterday and the, the the preceding weeks, has it dampened your enthusiasm, dampened your chance of a victory? A lot of stuff on social media, very negative. In my opinion, maybe I'm hyper positive. It's all right. It's just football opinions. They don't actually make a difference to anything. But tell me your Charlotte. I am confident. I think we have a lot. We, I think our support is amazing. I'm really excited about it all. I think it's just going to be a fantastic weekend. As you said, we're going to do tons and tons and tons and tons of lead up stuff. Tons and tons, you guys. There's so much to come. Um, and I'm just going to use that. And I hope you do as well listening to it to really, really get into the spirit of this. This is the first time in my lifetime I've gone down for a final and I'm just I'm confident I'm excited I think we've got enough quality Bruno will be back and it's going to be class yeah I think it, I'm, I'm so confident like I can't wait like it's just I, I feel nervous about it like now and yesterday has no anything on it really because form it goes out the window for for games like this like it's just like next week. Well, performances have dipped in recent weeks since we got confirmed at the final. I think it's because the the players have been kind of waiting for this one. Plus Bruno, yeah. But plus <laughs> Bruno took that one to heart. But like, um, you see it around the city where you see like the art on shop windows, and you just you see ev- wherever you go, you see a black and white shirt. Like the feel of the city is very much this final's coming, and we can't wait. And it's just like. To go down to Wembley to, to be able to see to, to to see it, hopefully come back with a trophy. Be it would be like dream worthy, um, considering we haven't won a domestic cup since nineteen fifty five. But like, yeah, I I, I just I just can't wait. Like I I, I just think it's it, my nerves are probably going to get worse as the week goes. But like, yeah, it's just I I, I can't wait. Like it's just. I never thought Newcastle would ever get to a final because of the Ashley era and stuff like that. But obviously the season that we've had, really good season. And then to get to a final, it's just like, yeah, I can't wait. And plus, the pressure's not on us anyway. Man United haven't won a trophy in five years. The pundits will be all our man you to win it. So, yeah, why not? Let, let's go. Got nothing to lose. Everything to gain. Let's go. I'm. Uh, I'll be fully confident by next weekend when we get there on the Sunday. I'll. I'll be carrying me trophy and all the rest of it. Um, <laughs> but at the minute, I'm. I'm just hoping we've we've got all of the kind of bad luck, all the crap, like all the mistakes out with out of system. Because um, 
that we haven't been playing as flu- fluidly. Like we're not in the best form going into, into this game. And it, it's a, as you say, it's a Man U side that have, have kind of picked up, but they've got their frailties as well. Um, I'm sure we'll be able to exploit them. I've got full faith in, in Eddie and Tyndall and the boys to, to kind of put up the, put the right game plan out there. And uh, yeah, by, by Sunday, I'll, I'll be buzzing. Leicester City today, go to Old Trafford, studs in lads. Studs in, <laughs> studs in, little, you know, Damage little them. snide comments, wind them up. We're not the only team that can pick up a disaster red card. Uh, I mean, if, if someone can just go and like find Casemiro as well and just kick his shins or whatever, just all week. Yeah. That'll be boss. That'll be boss. Yeah, that's job at there in midweek. I'll, I'll get on it, Javi. You, you, you. If if you can't be confident now, Newcastle have lost two games in the league all season, both in questionable circumstances against the same side. Manchester City have tried. Arsenal have tried. Manchester United have tried. Spurs have tried to beat her. They all failed. Yes, Newcastle aren't playing as well as they were earlier in the season. Yes, they aren't taking their chances, but they're creating chances. We've got a good defence. We can beat Manchester United next week. I think we will beat them. It's going to be unbelievable. Let's get. We need the players and the coaching staff to, to have the right frame of mind for this one. They've got to be up for it. I'm sure they are up for it. The fans are going to turn up, whether you're going to Wembley, whether you're not, whether you're in London, whether you're not. Let, let's go and beat Manchester United. It's in our hands. We can go and do it. We can go and beat them next weekend. And that's an incredibly exciting place to be. Um, I think we'll... We'll leave it there for this True Faith Free podcast. Thanks to you three for everything you've said. Thanks to everyone who listens. We'll have some remaining Wembley merchandise on our website. There's a link in the description to T-shirts and fanzines. Pin badges have sold out. That means I should have ordered more. I didn't. Never mind. There's always next time. Uh, Thanks for listening. Come and join us on Patreon this week. Lots more of this kind of thing as we build up to that final next Sunday. Looking forward to seeing a lot of you. The two sold out True Faith live shows in London next week, Friday and Saturday. Can't wait. Come on. How are the lads? Speak to you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.